This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Uh, let's start going to start you off with a, a sports question, Damon, because I've seen this name popping up on my timeline and I've no idea who he is or what's going on, but it sounds quite exciting. So uh, Booze asks, hockey reporter Damon's thoughts on Tom Wilson's latest shenanigans. So who's Tom Wilson and why should we care? What's going on? Uh, Tom Wilson is a uh, obviously an NHL hockey player. Hello everyone, by the way. Good morning. Um, uh, Tom, I can't believe we're starting off talking about Tom Wilson, of all people. Uh, Tom Wilson uh, is a hockey player who plays for the Washington Capitals. Tom Wilson has a uh, very large reputation for being a bit of a, uh, a roughhouse kind of hockey player um, to, the, to the point where it's – he's been suspended and fined and uh, brought – in front of the league for various, I, you can't even say infractions. These are pretty <laughs> serious things that this clown does, uh, you know, with intent to hurt people. So he has some skill, but he's mostly known for these bonehead, uh, asinine uh, things that he does on the ice, fights. Cheap shots, that kind of stuff. Well, he's in a scrum the other day with uh, the New York Rangers. And uh, New York Rangers have a, have a star, uh, Panarin is the last name. Um, and he doesn't fight. I mean, this guy's small. He's, you know, he's a skilled player. And in this scrum, uh, Tom pounds on Panarin on like like he ragdolls him basically throws him down to the ice and just hops on top of him and um starts pounding away. Now keep in mind that uh, Panarin did kind of jump into to save another player that Wilson was trying to, <laughs> to smash into the ice. Um, anywho, I guess the biggest thing that came of this is um the league laid down like a real weak fine. Not a suspension, no nothing. A real weak fine because the player uh, is out for the season. Like he injured the player for, for the season. And there's not many games left and the playoffs are right around the corner and the Rangers are fighting for a playoff spot. And I don't – does anybody else care? <laughs> um, anyway, the Rangers uh, put out this press release, this uh, tweet statement, whatever, uh, basically blasting the NHL, like their own league, and says that the uh, director of player safety should be fired. <laughs> so – no, that's that's great with it. your own team is blasting the league that you're in, uh, and it was like as if you know, it wasn't like some some you know weak response. It was this person is incompetent and, and should not be playing, or she should not be uh, governing in our league, um, which was pretty uh, in, a, in a league like hockey where everything is very. Um, 
you don't r- raise many waves. It's uh, it was quite a night last night for when it came to that. So that's Tom Wilson. He's basically uh, the modern day equivalent of a, of a goon. Um, and uh, tonight's they play tonight. So if there's any way that you can watch this game, Joel. I would say watch this hockey game because there will be plenty of shenanigans going on uh, because these two teams play again tonight. And will Tom Wilson be taking part? Has he been suspended? Or no. Gonna... No, he's been no fine. No suspension for this. No suspension. Just a, just a fine. That's so the wild. Rangers So the Rangers are like, like the, the press is interviewing the Rangers, and they're like, well, okay, if the league's not going to take care of it, we'll, we're going to take care of it. And they're going to call up like from the from their minor leagues team, uh, this guy who like the Rangers really don't have anybody that can fight. They don't have really anybody that's really can physically match Tom Wilson. Um, they're calling up a guy whose sole role is to do that in the minors. <laughs> they're going to call him up. So there's going to be there's going to be bullshit aplenty tonight. There's going to be there's going to be a thousand fights. Yeah. I mean, this is an issue that pops up in football from time to time. There have been several notable Arsenal players in the past who've been on the receiving end of really horrific challenges um, because traditionally we, we've had a reputation where we can be out-muscled. You know, if you can physically intimidate Arsenal, then you'll stop them from playing their pretty football and, and you can get up with them. And a few times that's led to really reckless challenges with you know broken legs and career-shortening injuries. And... The, the punishment for that, the maximum that happens really is a red card and a three-match ban, uh, mm. which is a lot of people say is insufficient. You know, some people saying that the suspension should be as long as the the, the victim is, is out injured. So if the, the opponent you injure is out for the season, then you're out for the season as well. I mean, do you have any strong thoughts on what you think the repercussions should be for dangerous behaviour like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, is that this guy has been an issue... And he has been suspended before, and he has been fined before. It's not like this is the first time, and it's like, oops, I made a, you know, I was got a little heat of the moment. Uh, it's, you know, this guy's has a long history. Um, yeah, I mean, l- listen, Rangers have lost, arguably, their best player, the, the, you know, one of their best goal scorers. That's for sure. Um, and again, they're fighting for a spot for the playoffs, and there's only a handful of games left, and he's out. He is out for the season uh, with this injury that was caused by this guy ragdolling him to the to the to the ice. Um, and sorry, just so I'm clear, this was an like the the puck wasn't in play when this was going on. This isn't like two people challenging for the puck and someone's coming out worse for wear. This is. Uh, violent contact. It's an assault, basically. Well, okay, so <clears throat> the puck is in play. So there was a scoring chance, and it turned into a bit of a scrum in front of the net, right? So so bodies are everywhere, right? People are falling, trying to get the puck, and um, the, Wilson gets is on top of another player who's face down on the ice while this is happening and just decides to jump on top of him and start pummeling him, right, um, on the ice. So... Yes. Now then, okay. So this is not just just unclear. This is not like a, a reckless tackle or or something that can be uh, sort of within the, you know conceivably the remit of some sort of attempt to play the puck or something. No. This is just one guy wailing on another one. Yeah. You see, he's like pushing this guy into the ice. Then 
Panarin, the star player, sees this, you know, all going on. He's trying to protect the guy that that Wilson is is first on top of pumbling, jumps on top of him to pull him off. And again, Panarin is, you know, smaller than usual. Um you know, Wilson takes him to the board. You know, he's trying. You know, he's you know, they kind of wrestle through the boards, and and then and it, then it was just a total mismatch, and and Wilson destroys Panarin. Um, again, the argument is is well, Panarin jumped on his back. What is he supposed to do? And blah blah blah. And the other argument is that there's no one to stop Tom Wilson from doing anything. On the ice that he doesn't, you know, that that he wants to do. There's, there's the Rangers just doesn't they they, they don't match up physically. Um, so that is the other argument. But the but there there is no argument for the fact that this guy, you know, put him out for the season in 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 a very reckless way. I don't know if you've seen the tapes of it, but like he he punches and punches and punches and punches and then just grabs him by. It's kind of like a <laughs> it just grabs him. By the by, the it looked like by the hair, it almost looked like like underneath his helmet, and just throw him down to the ice, and then pounded him again. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Like it wasn't the most gross thing I've ever seen in hockey. Like, like I don't because there's been worse, but it's just this. It's just one guy. It's not. This is not just like an isolated incident of a guy just losing his cool. This guy's been in trouble for a long time. Um, it's not the first time, so I don't know. It's like, and and again, I think the the bigger issue was that the league just laid down like a five thousand dollar fine or something ridiculous, ridiculously small. Um, and the Rangers are like, "What the fuck? We lost our star player because of this this dickhead." So there you go, hockey talk with Joel and Damon. <laughs> Sounds like this Tom Wilson character should be in. Uh, Bullet Club <laughs> or Suzuki Goon <laughs> or something. Right, right. You really should. Um, yeah. So again, they play tonight. So we'll see. That should be a that should be a interesting one. Let's put it that way. If if you like skilled hockey, this might not be the game you want to watch. <laughs> this is going to be lots of stoppages, lots of scrums, and I'm sure plenty of fun. And here's the thing: Wilson's not going to back down. Like he's not going to guy that's like going to cower down and be like, okay, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to take my lumps. Like he'll swing with people, but there's going to be some swinging. And here's the thing: I think the Rangers, the the they're they play the Capitals is who they play. Um, they're star players. The Capitals better they better they better have their head on a swivel because they're gonna they're gonna get get targeted too. So it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be nuts. Very interesting, David. I I do like to sort of dip into the other sports to see what's going on uh, because certainly uh, New Japan. Hasn't been setting the world on fire recently, or at least it hadn't until Night 2 of Dontaku, which uh, we'll come on to. But it's a weird time for New Japan right now. They're just doing a lot of strange things. I saw something popping up. A friend of the show, Kieran, the the guy who makes the gifts, Kieran RH on Twitter, TVSR, he's been going after him with the copyright strikes, which just seems like a really bizarre own goal to me. You know, Kieran's out there helping to what I, I think is spreading hype and publicity and you know we people see him posting gifts and they oh look there's a show on I better check it out and oh that looks really cool I'm going to have a look at this match and having the the copyright warnings and the, the band slapped on his accounts it just that one's a real head scratcher for me I, I don't understand it at all I think it's a big mistake 
Yeah, I do too. And but but let me ask you this: Is that New Japan or is that TV Asahi? Uh, it's TV Asahi. I mean, like, this is fairly common, I think, in the world of uh, in Japanese media. I know it happens for other things, like in the anime world, for example. They're very uh, protective and, and heavy-handed with the the, um, the content, the, the copyright warnings, and that, which. Is is a shame. I think. I think they're missing out there. Oh, I look. We all know this, that it is a dumb move, especially now when they need everything they can to regain the steam that they lost. Um, and you know the people at New Japan. I'm sure there are people there that support the idea of people, you know, doing everything they can to promote the company, and it, this is certainly the least of their concerns is a fan who loves the product helping others see and expose themselves to this product um yeah so um, look there's probably one person who just is doing their job and saying i uh, if i see something i gotta i gotta fly you know without really understanding the idea that it's hurting more than it's helping so yeah um, yeah, New Japan is in a bit, a bit of a, a weird state, but um, I'll be, I'll be very truthful. I'll put up with a lot of weird st- stuff if I could have what I saw the other night. Um, and I know we're going to get into the, the into the woods and into the into the weeds. Whew, that felt good. That felt really good. Let's get straight into it then. I do, do have some things I want to talk about about the landscape in New Japan, but it does feel that, you know, p- people are tuning in. They want to hear what we have to say about this match, right? So we're talking uh, Dontaku, Wrestling Dontaku Night 2, Fukuoka, Tuesday, May the 4th. Um, I'm not going to talk about any of the undercard because I did not watch it. But uh, the fifth match, the main event, um, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match with Will Ospreay. It is first successful defense against the challenger Shingo Takagi in 44 minutes, 53 seconds with the Stormbreaker. And, well, <laughs> this is a breath of fresh air, wasn't it, Damon? I mean, oh. I love this match. Oh. And, and, you know, for the, I've got to proceed this with the, you know, separate the art from the artist. If, you, if you're someone who can't enjoy Will Ospreay's wrestling because of all the shit that he's done, more power to you. Totally cool. Respect that, sure. Personally... I'm okay with it. I can separate the art from the artist. I can look at the person and think, dickhead. And I can look at this match and think, wow. I mean, this, it's hard to know where to start, really. I mean, it's probably, for me, the best in their series. And the bar for that was pretty high as it was. And it's great to see the, the progression throughout those matches. You know, they're learning each other's moves. So you get lots of reversals. And I know the reversals are divisive for a lot of people, but personally, I felt it made sense for their rivalry. You know, you've got this, this underlying story of Osprey's newfound power catching Shingo off guard in, in their New Japan Cup final match. And so now this match, it was slower. It was a more tactical match to start with, with Shingo, he's working a bit more deliberately on Osprey's back and Osprey was going after Shingo's arm, trying to take out his power arm, you know, for the lariat, the, the pumping bomber that he does. And then just little throwbacks to the continuity, like uh, Shingo managing to reverse the backdrop onto the guardrail, which was the move that messed him up in the New Japan Cup final, or exploiting Will Osprey's broken nose to turn the tide at, at several points in that match. And, and those, Damon, those are the kind of developments I like to see in the, a series of matches, not just 
repeating spots for the sake of it, like you know the the Ibushi Osprey backflip thing. Yeah, exactly, because that didn't add anything. That was just like, hey, do you remember this cool shit? But this was like adding layers to the story, the little twists and, and subversions that show that they're they're learning and adapting. The striking was hard. It was crisp. They they really laid into each other. They didn't hold back. I thought the pacing was excellent. They built up slowly. They built up purposefully. Unlike previous matches between them where they were just throwing everything at each other from, from Jump Street at 100 miles an hour. I mean, they did in this match, they did have the crowd please at high pace back and forth exchanges, which, you know, they're just like a blur to watch sometimes. But they stood out more. They were more impactful because they were spaced out and allowed to breathe. It was like, like both wrestlers knew they were going to be in for a long, drawn-out war, so they wanted to pace themselves. This this match had uh, emotion. Like you could feel both guys putting every every shred of their being into this this real struggle to be the best wrestler in the company, getting in each other's faces like a pair of alpha male prize fighters. And and it didn't need anything else. It didn't need any corny storyline extras. It's just two outstanding wrestlers with a history fighting over the top belt. I liked the the little tributes to Kushida with a hoverboard lock and, and Okada with a rainmaker. It was like like Osprey's picking up tools and, and weapons from his previous rivalries to get the edge over Shingo. The bumping was incredible. These guys just ragdolling for each other, making every single move look devastating. We had spectacular moments like the the incredible made in Japan through the tables that sliced open Osprey's back. He was bleeding all over the place. And I really love the way they sold the escalating fatigue in the match. Like they had uh, after that spot with the table, that Osprey collapsing with exhaustion when Shingo's trying to get him up for the pumping bomb. Like he could barely stay on his feet, or you know him being unable to lift up Shingo for the Stormbreaker, and then just some insane sequences in the latter stages. Like there was that Poison Rana exchange where they're doing the that delayed sell. Uh, you're digging deep just to, to, to hold off the pain for two seconds, so Osprey can lay in a hidden blade before he, he drops to the mat. I mean, Damon, this match had everything. It, it, it was 44 minutes. That, to me, felt like 14 minutes. All killer, no filler, no bullshit. It was just two world-class wrestlers at their absolute best, leaving everything in the ring. And, and usually, when I watch a wrestling match, I have some sort of criticisms that could improve it. I got nothing for these guys. Like, for my taste, this in-ring, it was perfect. You know, it was right up there with the Omega Okada matches. It, it, it was a modern classic for me. And the, the new title desperately needed this. I think New Japan desperately needed this. I, I desperately needed this for my fandom because I was kind of checking out after night one. And, and I know I'm certainly not alone with that. And, and people have got questions. Elliot says, why did Osprey and Shingo go 45 minutes feel just right, whereas Jay and Tanahashi going 40 felt like an eternity? And Steel O'Neill says, does the Osprey-Takagi feud now sit alongside Okada Tanahashi and Okada Omega as one of the modern all-time classics? So where do you land on it, Damon? Wow. You I, you nailed it when you said we needed this. Holy shit, did we need this. And I'll tell you what. When we sit here and do reviews of shows and we talk about how uh, you know undercards can struggle, but you know, if you get a killer main event or solid main event, it it takes away a lot of the bullshit that you had to sit through. And and the problem, a big problem that people had was you didn't have that main event that helped put it over the top for you. This was amazing. This match was fucking fantastic. You're right. 44 minutes, whatever it was, 40-something minutes felt like 
I, I not at not once was I like looking at the clock, being like, "Oh, what does fucking thing get done?" I wanted another twenty minutes. Quite honestly, I could I could I think I I you know I felt like I could stomach, um, and not stomach. And I, and I say that in a, you know, in a in a you know sounds bad, but I I wanted more. Oh, what a fantastic fuck! Yeah, it was better than their other matches, which were were great and at the top of our year end awards. It was a, it was a, a progression in their matches. That this was to me, this one felt like it wasn't a juniors match. This felt like a heavyweight championship match. And in this match, I felt like I got more into it and more into it and more into it and more into it. Um, and that is that is great pro wrestling. When you're in, like you're you're they're they're coming out and their music hits and you're like, all right, here you go, this is going to be good. And the, you know, as it, the five minute mark, the ten minute mark, and now you're you're really getting invested in it and you're really feeling it and you're feeling the near falls. This was. I mean, look. When you think of these two names, I, the, you know, I'm going to be honest. You, I don't necessarily think of hard hitting heavyweight action. They were they were cracking each other. I mean, teeing off on each other. How about that headbutt spot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, talk about a throwback. The, the headbutt spot. Um, there were there was there were more than a few times. Where kicks and strikes um, had me out of my seat. Um, closing stretch was fantastic. The the pacing was was it brought you down. It brought you back up. Look, you. Uh, I watched the English version. I listened to Kevin Kelly's call, and again. There's something to be said about when a commentator like Kevin Kelly, who's seen a lot of pro wrestling, is telling you this is the best match he's ever called. That's pretty amazing. Um, and him losing his mind. and get, Like when he loses his mind, I kind of lose my mind too sometimes. Like he's, he's, he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like that, I was laughing my ass off because I'm right there with him. Uh, look, I think this is an easy, easy nominee for a match of the year. Uh, I don't know how anybody tops this. Uh, Shingo and, and Will might be my feud of the year. And, and, uh, yeah, I would put their series of matches right up there with the best of pro wrestling, uh, series of match. you know, you're your uh, Omegas and Okadas. I absolutely would put them in the same class and category. Uh, the title needed this. The match felt important. Um, it and, and and it what it did was it put the spaceship landed on my chest and it jump started my love of pro wrestling again. Because let's be truthful, it was ready to flatline. And that match, woof. This is the first time in a long time that I felt that juice. I felt I felt excited after watching a pro wrestling match. I felt 
invigorated. I felt, again, I say it a lot. You feel five stars. I felt it. I felt it. That was an amazing pro wrestling match. And, and what's funny is, is when people have, who have tuned out got wind of this match. And I had to share, I had to text people that you gotta, you got you need to carve out some time and watch this match. And the responses back were, oh my God, this is great. This is fucking great. This was fantastic. So, yeah. The problem is, is and you tell me, Joel, because I don't know if, if, if this is the case. What's the buzz on this match online? Like, what are people feeling it? Is there, is there a renewed excitement about New Japan? What's the story online? Depends where you go. I know everyone in, most people in Voices Wrestling Slack were really high on it. I know Joe and Rich loved it as much as we did, or, or Joe did at least. Uh, our Discord is a bit cooler on Will Ospreay. They're not so much of a fan of his wrestling style. So if you were to look in our Discord, then the, the praise is not as, as high for it as, as we're giving it. Um, but it seemed, in what I'm seeing on Twitter, everyone loved it. Um, the, the problem is, right, and this is something we've talked about before, that it's not doing much to reverse the, the narrative now that New Japan is the five-star matches in a vacuum promotion. And, and I guess we can come back to this when we've discussed some of the other matches over the last week. But it feels like we sort of, we've got the delicious filling of the sandwich, but we're losing the bread. Like the, 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 the bread is, is moldy. The filling is delicious, but the bread is moldy, if you'll forgive that torture analogy. So I don't know if a truly outstanding main event is going to be enough for people to, to say, oh, yeah, no, you know, New Japan's good again, to, <laughs> for, for want of a better phrase. Right. I mean, as a whole, there, there are plenty of, of issues, but like, I, there's been plenty of shows before where the undercard has really stunk. And again, the issues are gr- m- much more grand right now. But I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be truthful. The, the, I, all I think about is that match. Like, I don't give a shit about that evil and, and Dick Togo against Tanahashi and fucking Yano match that was right before it. That match was maybe one of the shittiest matches I've seen in years. I fucking hated every second of it, and I'm laughing at how much I'm hate watching it. It's it was awful. Tanahashi can't even get the fucking hood thing on. It was just brutal. Well, maybe, maybe that's the new normal now. This is how we should consume New Japan. You look at the cards and you think that looks good, that looks good, that looks good. I'm going to watch that. The rest of it, I'm, I'm going to give it a miss because there's so much content. Like I said before, it's the content era. So just you parachute in and out for the different matches that you think good. You know, I just pop in, watch the top two matches. That's it. That's enough for me. You know, especially with with these shows coming up. You know, this is not not the end of this. Well, I mean, there's some COVID things uh, to to be discussed. But yeah, maybe this is rather than the the days of sitting down thinking, okay, this is wrestling Don Taco. I'm going to sit watch from the first match until the main event. This is not. The, the best way to consume the product anymore. You might be right about that. I mean, you might be right about that. It's, it's everything else is, I, I mean, for two days, I mean, what, what did we have? You know, I, I, I thought Jay and, and, and Tana was good. I don't think it was great. 
Um, but then we had a spectacular main event. And you knew it was on paper. You knew it was going to be really good, at least, right? You knew you were, you knew when you turn off the, the TV after that match, you weren't going to be like, this match sucked. Like, you knew you were going to get some pretty great shit. We just didn't right. know how, how, how great it was going to be. And, um, and also, you could look at Wrestle Grand Slam at Tokyo Dome coming up in a few weeks and see Osprey versus Okada at the top of the card and know, you know, you can... Nail that in. That is that's an ironclad guarantee. You're going to get an incredible match there as well. Right. Exactly. So yeah, maybe you're right. It's it's it, look. We have access. We it, it's a, both a blessing and a curse. The fact that we have access to every single show. Right. When truth be told, we don't need to have access to every single show. We really don't. And if you're a fan enough to to sit through road two shows. Um, that, you know, that are just there, then go for it. It's there. But the fact that the, don't be disappointed by the fact that there is all this content out there that quite honestly, you don't have to watch. You don't have to watch. Nobody has to watch. If you want to watch it, watch it. But even for us, like, okay, so we're, We're an authority of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I giggle at that. Um, do we need to watch every Road 2 show? Do we need to give our thoughts to, you know, Road 2 shows? I don't I don't know. Like, like I, sometimes I feel like we're filling content. You know what I mean? Like, we do a show every week, and we want to do a show every week. And New Japan has a show, so we might as well talk about that. Why, why are we talking about that? You know, well, you know, so so they're filling content. You know, we're filling content, talking about stuff that we know doesn't matter. So yeah, you're right. Um, maybe maybe that's the way to go in the future. Maybe that's the way everyone should go. And I think people would enjoy the product much more. Um, find the, the shit that you like and watch that. And if you're a person that can watch the whole thing and, and get enjoyment out of it, go for it. Knock yourself out. You know, I don't know. Weather's nice outside. I, I, you know, hockey's on. It is what it is. You got a kid. You know what I mean? To use another analogy, it would be like watching a pornographic movie and then, you know, you're not not watching it for the story, are you, Damon? You're going to say, oh, I've got got to see the build-up here. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah, imagine not being able to fast-forward while watching that. (laughs) I mean, get to the good stuff. You know, get to the stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're not in this to, uh, you know... Yeah, ten minutes. You know, just go take care of what you got to take care of. Um, it's uh, it is like like that to a certain degree. But yes, to to circle back, what a fucking great match! What a what a uh, just uh just such a it it really is amazing how you still can get great matches. Isn't that amazing? Like, after you think you've seen it all, you you see something like that, and it's just like, oh. What was the last time you felt like that watching a pro wrestling match? Like, I can't, I, I'm, I, like, we've seen great matches. Don't get me wrong. We've seen great matches. But when was the last time you could really be like, holy fuck, that, that knocked my fucking pants off? It's been a while, hasn't it? 
Well, not ask. I mean, do you feel that these two guys are, are the two best wrestlers in the world? Because, I mean, to, to me, wrestler of the year looks like it's a two-horse race here, I mean, yeah. for, for New Japan at least. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, there's... An, and, you know, who's who's putting out matches like these two? Who's... <laughs> not, not in this company, right? Not in this company. So now, I, now I'm going to have to ask the question. Will or Shingo? For me, personally? Yeah. Well, let's look at their resumes for this year. So Osprey had the Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom, which was excellent. Um, yeah. I'm not going to miss it. The, the Zack Sabre Jr. match in the New Japan Cup, that was very, that was fantastic as well. I love that. Two Shingo matches. I mean, this one was outstanding. Shingo's got the Cobb match at Wrestle Kingdom, which I, I really love. The Tanahashi never title match. Okada, um, New Japan Cup. Yes. Oh, it's really difficult. I'd have to right. <laughs> ask me again in December. Yeah, I mean, it's, really, it's seriously. Very, very but, close. But, but, yeah. but isn't that great? I mean, think about that. Again, we're, everybody's kind of down on the New Japan. and We got it. Again, we're right there with you. And Will and Shingo, are fucking amazing. These two guys are fucking amazing. And it's not like this is the first year we're talking about these two guys. And here's the thing, too. I, and I will say this. Will's got Okada coming up. And what does Shingo have? Like, Shingo needs to have a, a, a marquee match somewhere in these summer months. And G1, you know, at the Olympics, G, we, we haven't even talked about G1 yet. Let's be very truthful here, too. We have not talked about, we have not put G1 into the equation yet. Um, but Will does have another big-time marquee match in a big building uh, where he's headlining for the first time. Uh, let's put it this way: he's 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 being put in a nice uh, place to uh, to make another great impression. So, um, yeah, again, for all the faults, th- this is this is some great stuff. And this is, ex- I- I'm telling you, I know I know I'm saying this to people who are not don't give a shit what Damon and Joel have to say, but this is what we want. <laughs> That is, and you can't get that all the time, or maybe you can. I don't know. That was that is what. And here's the thing too, Joe. No bullshit whatsoever was there. There wasn't one bit of bullshit in that match, and there could have been. There, you know, United Kingdom was out at ringside. That could have been no bullshit. And here's the thing too. The majority of their matches, not a lot of bullshit. They might be my favorite faction, Joel. <laughs> I gotta be honest. They might be yeah, my I mean, favorite you, faction. You gotta ask yourself, what would New Japan look like without United Empire right now? Yeah. It'd be pretty fucking dry, in my opinion. I mean, you you got know, that opinions right. may vary, but if you take out Osprey and Jeff Cobb and Great Okan and even Hinare, you know, d- despite his uh, his mixed record so far it would look pretty dull, in my opinion, if you were to take away that faction. Yep, yep, yep. It, yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, and now you compare that to Bullet Club or, 
I'm just saying. It it's uh, it would be it would be it would be it would be tough sledding, as they say. Let's put it that way. So to dust off an old phrase from your Puricast days, which we don't hear very often, pants down, right? Pants. You had your were you had your pants fucking, down watching this. Pants were fucking down. Yeah. Uh, look, this is my match of the year so far. I mean, and it's it, and this will be hard to beat. I'll tell you that. Um, if I'm talking about this in that Omega Okada world, you you know this was great. Uh, and, and again, I know we don't like stars, but we're talking star. It's it, it full marks, fives. Uh, you, I felt, I felt this, and I haven't felt this in many a moon. This was really fucking great pro wrestling. So we're talking pants down, hard to beat. How are we looking down there, Damon, in the old downstairs department? Let me tell you. I'll 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 tell you how we're looking. I'll, you want to see it? You want to you want to get the video? <laughs> yeah, send yeah. a few snaps on, on what's happening. <laughs> send you send you a couple screen. Uh, look, it's clean. File too large to send. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I got I got to get a week. I got to go to we transfer. <laughs> uh, hey, let me tell you something. It's looking good down there. Looking good. Looking like a million bucks. You know why? It's our good friends at Manscaped who uh, took care of Damon's nether regions with their fine products. That's right. Manscaped. You know what I'm talking about, right? Did you know, Joe, Manscaped is, uh, speaking of hockey, uh, they're the official uh, ball groomer of the Montreal Canadiens. The, the story. They are everywhere. They're, they're sponsoring Arsenal Fan TV as well. One of my, my buddies who's on that, Ty, I used to go with him uh, on the coach. We used to do coach journeys together to Arsenal away games. So I've known this guy for, God, 2004 was the first time I went. So a very long time. And now he's doing little adverts at the start of these Arsenal Fan TV videos where he's shaving a kiwi fruit to promote the Lawnmower 3.0. Amazing. <laughs> ah, look at that. Look at that. It's everywhere. Manscapes everywhere, kids. I got news for you, and the reason is, the reason is, they have a great product and great products. Let's talk about some of them. The lawnmower three point three point oh. Wow, they just keep uh, getting better and better. Improvements and an advancement in ball shaving technology. I mean, look, why bother putting people in space? Why bother? We've got all the technology we need right here on Earth. Lawnmower 3.0. Get you cleaned up. Get you shaved down. No nicks. Not a cut to be had. In a very, very, very sensitive area, Joel, as you are well aware. Cleans it right up. Fantastic. The uh, deodorants and the invigorators and the, the, the uh, products to make you smell like a million bucks. That's what it's all about. That's science for you. That's technology for you. And that's Manscaped. And you can get on board. Look, nobody, summer's coming right around the corner here in the States, Joel. And and you know what that means. That means sticky, stinky, smelly. You ain't going to get blown. I'm telling you that right now. 
It ain't happening unless you're doing some preventative maintenance. And that's where Manscaped comes in. So, get on it. Jcast. Jcast is the code, right? You go to manscaped.com, give it a shot. Try it out. I guarantee you'll love it. Jcast. 20% off, free shipping. That is a great deal that we're giving you. You know you want to try it. You know you heard us talking about it a million times. And you know I use it, and you know I love it. Love it. Highly recommended from me, a guy who has plenty of pubes. Not anymore. A guy who, in the summer, look, I'm going to be honest, eh, probably not the best smelling down there. Not nah, Manscaped took care of that for me as well. And I'll tell you right now, the res- results matter. Results matter. And we'll just leave it at that. The missus loves it. So look, JCAS is code. Manscaped.com is where you want to go. Get yourself hooked up for the summer. Clean it up. Smell nice. 20% off. Free shipping at Manscaped.com. That's Manscaped.com. The Montreal Canadiens know. Arsenal TV knows. Super JCAS knows. Get on it. Manscaped.com. 20% off. Free shipping at Manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped. So back to Wrestling Dontaku Night 2. We were supposed to get an IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match with El Desperado defending against Yo, but that was pulled from the card. And unfortunately, two wrestlers have tested positive for COVID, which is not Mm. good news at all. We wish them all the best. We don't know who they are, and I'm not particularly interested in speculating who it is right now, but just hoping... I mean, definitely the right decision there, hoping everyone else is okay and that they're getting plenty of time to rest and, and are not rushed back you know even if they were big names who were supposed to be taking part in the, the first Wrestle Grand Slam show don't rush them back you know safety first 100% 100% um, I know that there was uh, chitter chatter you know when news was was going down um, of cards being in jeopardy and right now nothing's in jeopardy right I mean nothing's they just took them. It's out, nothing out. been announced, Damon. We've got a stadium show coming up in, in about two weeks with not a single match announced. So it's hard yeah. to think what would have been in jeopardy because we don't know what's on the freaking show. That is amazing, isn't it? You know, we talked, we, we, did, we did our praising. Now, uh, now let's, start, let's start hammering home the, the fucking <laughs> knives out, Damon. <laughs> it is amazing how we have this massive show and. Whew, we we don't know shit. I mean, we're assuming stuff, right? We're, we're assuming we're, we're you know not even we can't. Even, I don't even think we can assume a lot of things. Um, I mean, there, there were supposed to be three Road to Coracle shows that would have set the table for this, but they've been pulled because of the, the state of emergency. Which again is right decision. I'm not complaining about that at all. Um, I mean, I think we might get some card announcements tomorrow because today's a public holiday and you know we could have waited until tomorrow to record but then we'd have nothing to talk about next week so hopefully right. next week when we record we'll have a lineup for that Yokohama Stadium show but it is a bit weird to have nothing yeah it's, it's, it is I mean they could have set some surely they could have set some stuff up on these Dontaku shows but I mean they've hinted at stuff but nothing official yet so we'll we'll have to wait and see well, let's put it this way. There's nothing where, you know, is there anything that's even being speculated that you're excited for? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting we're going to get Cobb versus Ibushi at one of these shows, and likewise, G.O.D. defending the tag titles against Dangerous Techers at either Yokohama or Tokyo Dome. Mm. Uh, there's talk of Jay White defending his never open way title against David Finley, uh, presumably one of these shows as well. But that gets you excited. Well, should we, should we talk about the never open way championship? Right. So yeah. this was the main event from Dontaku Night One. Never open weight championship match with uh, the challenger Jay White defeating the champion Hiroshi Tanahashi in 39 minutes with mm-hmm. the Blade Runner. Uh, Black Sentai says, "How do you feel about Jay White spending part of his promo time on non-New Japan wrestlers uh, when there's no chance of building a match with?" Um, I, I mean, speaking of the builds and Jay White's part in this, I, I think the lack of the build really hurt this one. Obviously, Jay wasn't in the country for most of it. It just felt like it had very little heat, and it's going to take a while for the never open weight title to earn this new spot. Because I said before, it functionally it's the new intercontinental title, but it doesn't have the history to justify that spot. Because most of this Jay Tanahashi feud seems to be built around who had the better six pack, which you know is silly and fun, but it's not an appropriate build to a forty minute main event. And, and, and it was a classic Jay White control match, but. I don't know, Damon. For whatever reason, this one just did not land with me. The, the lack of a build. We've seen this match many times before. Maybe the clap crowds, the, the weak undercard. I just was not in the mood for 40 minutes of this. And when Tanahashi first won this Never title, I'd really hope that Tanahashi was going to work Never title matches rather than the Never title match. The, the Never title was working Tanahashi matches. And it's to, to me, it's sad that that spot for fun undercard singles title that you're going to have 50 minute hard hitting bangers in that, that's gone now that's not what the never title is the never title is the IC title now it's that holding pattern title for main eventers who, who aren't in the title scene and this match was fine leg selling was inconsistent they kind of blew it off after about 10 minutes and then remembered it a bit later but everything else was good there were nice callbacks to their previous matches like the bit with the high fly flow reverse into the Blade Runner attempt which led to the title changing hands back in 2019 the the TTO Tanahashi tap out was worked in well I think it should have finished the match I mean if you're doing a whole build about wanting to tap each other out and working each other's knees and laying in your submission moves at dramatic moments just end the match with a damn submission I mean if Tanahashi had tapped out after 23 minutes I would be throwing flowers at this Damon but but this feud and this never title to me doesn't justify a 40 minute match I mean that's insane it, it peaked 15 minutes before they actually took it home. It just kept going and going and going. And I just, you know, we talked about Osprey and Shingo getting the pacing spot on. I felt the pacing and the structure was was all wrong here. You know, why are they doing an elbow exchange after 30 minutes when they've been trying to grab each other's legs before that? I, I, the bit with Jay mocking Tanahashi and helping him stand up and then getting larrated in the teeth, that was good. I really liked Tanahashi landing the high fly flow onto Jay's knee and then going for the cloverleaf. That was great, but it... It didn't need the ghetto interference. You know, I don't think we need to protect Tanahashi like that with a visual tap out at this point. And then it's the usual reversal dance and, and the Blade Runner out of nowhere. Very smoothly executed. It looked great, but it was just a bit incongruous with the entire uh, dramatic crux of this match being attacking each other's knees and, and wanting to get that submission. And then the match just ends the, way, the same way all of Jay White's wins do. And I, I did rewatch it today. I liked it a lot more in rewatch in, uh, in double speeds. But at the time... It just felt too long. It was too long, too flabby. Some really good stuff in there, but needed to trim some of that fat if we, you know, we're going to stick with the analogy of, of Tanahashi's belly. So how did it land with you? <laughs> uh, it was good. Um, it's 
it's noticeable for me that Tanahashi is a guy that will make things look um, like it, it makes he's a guy that can make things look like he's giving more effort than he physically can, if that makes any sense. Um, it's not as though he's 10 years ago Tanahashi or even eight years ago Tanahashi. He does things um, in such a manner that makes you feel like things are progressing. But if you really watch, it's not like he's, you know, moving at warp speed or even, you know, speed of him 10 or five years ago. Very deliberate. Um, And then you add that with Jay White, who is already very deliberate and you get a very deliberate pro wrestling style match. Uh, which, again, does not necessarily mean equal bad. It just means that y- you fall into these these ideas of, okay, you, you knew, well, I mean, you knew just by looking at the timestamp too, but you knew from the minute the bell rang that this match was going to be one of those 35-minute matches. And sometimes I feel like it's like, it doesn't matter who or what is in that spot on the card. It has to be that timestamp. It has to be that length. And I don't understand that. Like, it's just it's exhausting, seems... isn't it? It's it makes only... me dread watching it. And, and you just uh, you tune out for the first 15 minutes because you know nothing's going to happen. Right. That's, that's a major problem. And, and, and it, but, but it doesn't even matter who is in that spot. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so... It, that could have been junior tag title, right, in main event, and it's going yeah, and, 35. And they did that. They, they did that. They, they dragged out the junior tag title match, like uh, Hiromu versus Show earlier in the year. Well, that's a main event. That's going 35 minutes, and it. I just don't understand why they're doing it. Right, but if you put that match, you know, in, I hate to say this, the, the normal never open weight championship match that's, you know, third from the top, you know, that's going 15 minutes in any other show. But just because it got moved to the main event now, it's what happens? What what miracle happens that it, now it goes 30 minutes, you know, 35 minutes? Um, again, the argument can be made if we really want to stretch it is, well, these guys, they're main event guys and they're two main event guys going against each other. So then, uh, you know, they have the skills to counter you know, act each other and defend each other and offense. You're not going to put them away easily. So it has to go 35 minutes, but at, I, I, I just can't buy it. Like it's not the title. It's, it's the wrestlers. And you know what I mean? Um, and those two guys are top guys. Okay. So, but it's just, it is, it is that it's, it's the fact that, it, it could have been anybody, and, and the proof is in the pudding in the sense that they did it with the junior tags. I don't know. That's that's frustrating because, to me, that just feels cookie-cutter. That just feels like there's a template that know. needs Maybe to it's be a filled, and that, we're just going to move bodies. Right, right. You know, we're just going to move bodies around. Hmm. Maybe it's a, a symptom of having these shorter cards where you've only got six matches on the card, so they think, oh, you know, we've got to give people their money's worth and have 
very long main events and co-main events. But you know, especially given the nature of the crowds, that they're only doing clap crowds that can't really react to a match like this in the way that a, a proper crowd could, I think less is more sometimes. I mean, you look at Strong and how... Well, personally speaking, I enjoy those matches. So, I mean, we, we talk about the undercard uh, singles title where you get fun 15-minute intense matches. That that title is on Strong, right? That's the Strong openweight title, basically. That's where it's gone. Um, so if you want those kind of matches, that's where you've got to go because it doesn't seem like you're going to get them on the main roster anytime soon. Um, I mean, at the end of this match, we had Jay White calling himself the uh, belt collector. So Matt says, uh, with Jay White essentially calling out Omega, do you believe that will be the right feud for Kenny if he does wind up work in New Japan again. Um, personally, I, I think Kenny Omega getting involved with New Japan is inevitable at this point. It, it is coming sooner or later. Personally, I think they wait until we're allowed proper international travel and, and full crowds again so you can really take advantage of it. Honestly, I think Omega versus Osprey is the match you want to make because setting aside how exhausting the discourse would be over that, I would be excited to see what they come up with personally. Yeah. I mean, I think you got a built in white Omega coming back, you know, bullet club kind of, <laughs> we say it a lot. This is the civil war. Um, I mean, that's, that's built in. Um, but yeah, will would be pretty spectacular too. Um, yeah. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's inevitable, inevitable, um, and, and yeah, you don't, you, you wait till you get full capacity for that. So, um, fingers crossed because here's the thing, as much as the discord would be <laughs> just, that's, that's, that's when, that's when you'd start deleting accounts right there. Uh, that being said, the, the match would be pretty spectacular. I would think in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're you you know what I mean? Like you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, oh, hey, look at some random cards, or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards. It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, 
and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I mean, you mentioned how excited am I about David Finley challenging. They've got great chemistry, and I know the match would be really good. So I I would look forward to that one, even though I don't think there's any chance of David Finley winning that, uh, wherever that match winds up but just Jay White how are we feeling about Jay White because he is just you know the match is as good as always but it's back to square one for him in terms of that character development isn't it nothing's changed I mean obviously with the benefit of hindsight all that the stuff with the promos after Wrestle Kingdom was just to make people think he was going to leave and it worked but just as his year goes on and we see absolutely no progression breadcrumbs nothing no disharmony between him and ghetto or him and evil him and bullet club there's just there's just nothing there and it's disappointing listen if if he needs help getting his heat back we can set out another rumor if you want (laughs) we could tweet something out right that's what we're here for isn't it (laughs) we can help him god um yeah remember that Remember, the, remember the the fucking how hot he was after that Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, was there was there a guy on planet Earth that was more uh, had more buzz, more interest? No, everyone know. was talking about him. Yeah, yeah, that seems like it was a million years ago, doesn't it? That seems like it was a million years ago. Uh, I think Bullet Club. Is dry as toast. I I could give zero fucks about Bullet Club at this point, and I don't care of any 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 faction of it, any any loose stray string, uh, whether it be in Impact or AEW or Strong or New Japan Maine or I don't give a shit. I could care less about Bullet Club. Bullet Club to me, I mean, aside from Kenta at times, Bullet Club for me is almost an instant fast forward. Just I have no interest Zero. Um, 
I want here's here's I just give me the give me the I mean what 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 is interesting to you right now in the state of New Japan Pro Wrestling? What is interesting to you about Bullet Club? I was interested in the potential of this this Jay White evil beef, but there's there's nothing there anymore. I don't there's care. No- if they did that tomorrow, I'd be like, I don't give a shit. Who I mean, evil is a fucking, oh, they put save the- it, save it, Damon, save it. Oh, okay, okay right. can we? <laughs> speaking of Bullet Club, uh, let's, uh, I'm interested to hear what you you think of this one. So Bullet Club's uh, Tamatonga against Taichi in an Iron Finger from Hell ladder match, clocking in at 27 minutes 11 seconds. Taichi oh. gets the Iron Fingers from Hell. I mean, look, David, my favorite ladder match is, again, this is setting a very, very high bar, I know, but uh, Royal Rumble 2001, Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho, uh, WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels against Razor Ramon, 18 minutes, those were. Uh, the TLC 2 at WrestleMania 17, Money in the Bank 1, those were 15-minute matches. Taichi versus Tamatonga, 27 minutes? Come on, guys. Right. Not necessary. And again, like, you know, we're talking about Tanahashi versus Jay going too long. It, it's this. None of this is in isolation. This is a wider trend. I feel in New Japan with most matches or matches that are in the fifth and sixth match slot on the card going ten minutes longer than they should. And so this was this was a big old mess. You know, first of all, why is there a referee there? Uh, you could tell early on neither guy had any intention of taking any big bumps, which I don't right. blame them for. But why bother with this stipulation in the first place? Because you know all the best bits of this match involved Doki. And I was, you know, imagining the situation, you know, uh, Taichi and Tamatonga backstage sort of laying out the match and just arguing like, oh, come on, one of us has got to take a big bump. One of us has got to go through a ladder. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not fucking doing it. And then Doki walks past and they're like, hey, hey, Doki, come in here for a second. <laughs> and I mean, of course, this, this just turned into a big overbook mess. Jado, Doki, Zach, Tangelo getting involved. I mean, it basically turned into the same six man match that they've done. 15 times but, but with a ladder sporadically involved and and it did have its fun moments like the the docky bump through the table the choke slam off the ladder was cool the the gun stun reversal at the end with tamatonga eating shit and going through the table i like the tributes to izaka at the end you know playing his music taichi doing the sumo prize money acceptance gesture he was getting very spiritual and philosophical at the end in his post-match stuff but it did not need to be that long i mean skip the first 15 minutes and you'll have a good time with this i thought this was just awful <laughs> it was terrible i just like again the the idea of those two guys in this match like going through then they're doing the the old oh i can barely get off a fucking ladder why is a ladder in pro wrestling the slowest thing on earth <laughs> like like you could time people climbing a ladder with a calendar it is brutal. I fucking hate it. And uh, you knew none of them. Like, I, well, let's put it this way: I didn't know any of them were going to, were not going to take a bump. Like, like it just felt like neither of these guys wanted to be in it in the first place. And now they're yeah. Trying that's what to- I don't know. Whose idea was this? Who decided what? to have this ladder match? Because it did not look like it was Taichi or Tamatonga's idea. Because if it was, and they were bringing that stipulation to the table, they'd be, you know, doing a load of crazy shit, presumably. Right. Like, if somebody said, like, again, th- of all the people on that roster that are uh, throughout the history of New Japan, you know, or at least, you know, the 
you know, modern times. Um, <laughs> those two guys are going to fucking Tai Chi went years without taking serious bumps, <laughs> like like just regular bumps. Like he was he was known as the laziest guy in pro wrestling. Oh my goodness gracious! It, it was just such a waste of time. And again, the idea of a, the the ladder match is the car crash element, and you had to pull somebody that's not even involved. Like it just like the guy is not even in the match, and he's the guy taking the like the biggest bump of that fucking match was Doki, right? Like, if anybody's going to remember anything, it's Doki. He's not even in the match. Like, ah, it's just, just preposterous. Like, what? I mean, they could, no, no, no. A ladder match. <laughs> it's just, it was just horrible. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's, you know, that's the shit that just leaves you scratching your head. And that's, and, and, I, and truth be told, that's the stuff that's, People, that's why people are, are bailing out. Like nobody, nobody cared about it. Nobody, nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted this. No one wanted this. And uh, and everybody saw those poor guys aren't going to take a fucking bump like that. You had to get Doki to do. It. And then again, all the misdirection and all the fucking. Hocus pocus that needed to be done just to get through 27 minutes. What is the obsession with this? This match should be 10 minutes for crying out loud. 10 minutes. Fucking unbelievable. Just uh, frustrating bullshit. All right, I'm done. Let's talk about the fourth match, which was the rights to challenge the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with Zack Sabre Jr. Pinning Tangaloa in 15 minutes, 12 seconds uh, after an arm lock. Doesn't sound right to me, but anyway. Uh, I, I was viewing this match, uh, Damon, through the lens of uh, the race for a G1 spot because we got people like Tangaloa, Hinare, David Finley, Great Okan, and limited G1 spots up for grabs. So every time there is a singles match... That is a commodity. We don't see them too often in New Japan, even in this content era. So when you have a singles match like this against a high-profile opponent like Zack, you need to go out and impress. And I thought this match was was pretty good, but I'm not sure pretty good is good enough to put yourself at the front of that queue. And I mean, I don't know what Tangaloa's intentions are. He might want to branch out into singles. Maybe he wants to be in the G1, or he might not. He might be happy doing tag work, but he's certainly been given more uh, singles matches this year than he has in the past. Uh, And there are green shoots there for a singles future, but if that's something he's interested in pursuing, then I think he needs a lot more singles matches under his belt and also a a new coat of paint because as one half of G.O.D., I don't think that's going to cut it. And like I said, this was good. It wouldn't have been out of place, I think, as an undercard G1 match, you know, like the second block match on the show. But the bar is high. If you want to be in that top 20... I need to see more. I need to see some extra gears from Tangelo. And we've seen those extra gears in some of the high-profile G.O.D. tag matches over the last few months, but I haven't seen evidence of it in the singles matches yet. So what did you think? Name a great uh, singles match from Tamatanga. This guy Ta- has been in... Tamatonga or Tangaloa? A Tangaloa, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, well, he hasn't had that many. That many. That's the thing. I mean, he had a Yoshihashi match a month or so ago, which it was it was decent. It was fine, but not setting the world on fire. I mean, prior to that, there, there are very very few. I mean, I recall him having a pretty bad one against Yuji Nagata in the 2017 New Japan Cup, and after that, there was nothing for several years. So uh, it's a pretty small sample size to pick from. Yeah. Um. If, if, I'm not putting him in G1. Here's what they should be doing. These nonsense Corkin shows that you know you're going to get plenty of as the, as the year goes on, why not have a, a, a qualifying tournament for all these guys? Yes. Yes. I said right? that on Twitter a few days ago. That would be the okay. ideal way to make these Road 2 shows meaningful. Have a little, you know, it could be uh, uh, like an elimination with brackets or a little round robin with all these sort of contenders, guys on the fringe. Maybe guys who were in the G1 and didn't do so well. Like, you know, stick a, a Yoshihashi in there, make him fight to retain his spot in the G1. Put a Yudro in there. So, you know, you have some stakes to these things. So, yeah, that will be a great idea. Another idea that's just popped in my head. You know, if you want to get Tangaloa over the singles guy, have him in some singles matches against some young lines. You know, have him right. have some squash matches. He's a big dude. He's powerful. Let's Let's see it from him. Yeah, I, I right now I would not put him in. He would not. He would not be. He would not make the cut. Yeah, there's too many. There's there's too many other guys that are that that I would rather see than than him. Um, if he's, I mean, let let's just assume, and it's hard to do because we've been wrong many times before, but let's just assume. People can get into the country. Are you? Uh, is Juice in? I'm leaning. I would lean towards no. You know, I would rather have Okan in there. I'd rather have David Finley in there. Okay. At this rate, um, and if you if you can bring in people from abroad, I can think of a load of other guys on Strong who I'd rather see than Juice at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I think it's uh, but, but he's a guy that's been in G1 before, right? It's, it's, it's like he's going to be a hard guy that you're going to move out of the way. Like he, Juice is in G1. Right? They're not going to just drop yes. him and not put him in. You know? Yes. Yes. Um like the people that would be on the bubble like Yujiro is Yano in? Yeah, I mean he's always in. He's the right. night off, as as we always say. Right. Is Suzuki in? That's very much up to him. I mean, in terms of the... I, I, he missed out in 2019. Back in last year, I thought he was great last year and very, very valuable addition to the G1, but it, I think it's just up to him. He's getting on a bit. Does he want to put himself through that? If he wants to still do it, you put him in. Yeah, you, you, you know, he's not a guy that I would say, no, I'm not going to put you in this year, mate. I think if he wants to go, he's in. The problem is, is that there are guys that have to lose, right? So anybody who's taking spots, like the spots that are up for grabs are spots where people are eating pins. I mean, is it going to kill people if, if Tongaloa eats pins? I mean, that's how he gets in. No, but I mean, even then, I think you have guys like Hinare and Okan who can eat pins and probably eat pins better than Tangaloa eats them. Yeah. 
David Finlay. Like, like I would go Hanare over over Tangaloa. Right. Oh, okay. So give me give me a ranking then of those guys. So Okan, David Finlay, Hanare, Tangaloa for potential G one entry. I think Okan is top of the list. I think. Uh, I think both o- Okan and and Hanare. I think the people that would be on the bubble, Jay White. No, not Jay White. I'm, I'm not Jay. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm thinking because I'm thinking Jay White versus David Finley. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. And if if that's a, that's a pretty decent profile match, and you know David Finley's losing, but still it's a pretty high profile match. Like, how do you not put him in? I don't think I don't think I don't think Tangalo is in. I don't think Tangalo is in. I like no. of all the guys that you mentioned, I would put all of them above Tangaloa. And here's the thing too. They're not even going to be the tag champions. So it's not even like, okay, we got the tag the, you know, the tag champs that are in in the tournament. Like they're not even that anymore. Or hopefully they won't be. You know what I mean? Uh no, there's too many guys. I mean, look. I mean, they're not going to do any more juniors, so that eliminates show, right? Um, which is weird because he's such a he's like a tweener heavyweight junior thing. No, there's there's not many spots open, dude. There's not many spots open. I don't know. I, I would. I, Tongalo is not not in this fucking G one. Okay, then let's uh, circle back to wrestling Satsuma no Kuni on Thursday, April 29th. This was uh, night two in Kagoshima. Mainly just want to talk about the main event here, the special tag match between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, defeating the Empire team of Eren Hanare and Jeff Cobb. 17 minutes, four seconds. So Ibushi pinning Hanare after 17 minutes. And again, good match. I liked it, but I was very disappointed that Hanare got pinned. And I think maybe we need to recalibrate our expectations. Do you think... We were or are expecting too much too soon from Hinari. Should we be satisfied with the fact that he is in a more high-profile spot? He's getting big singles matches and main events here, and he's part of a hot faction, but he's not going to be picking up any significant wins. Then what's the point? <laughs> I guess is 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 well, is, so that Empire can have uh, eight man tag matches, and so you know, so you got a, a, someone to eat the pins in these matches because you don't want any of those other three guys taking them. And it, it's a shame because you know we talked about this Hinare Cobb tag team and the potential they had, you know, to be the something looking like the Steiners or, or, or whatever with Bigelow and Vader, you know, two two big lads like this. And this would have been the perfect jumping off point. And that's not to say that they can't heat them up again if they want to have them in the, the, the tag title scene. But this was a great opportunity. But, you know, they decided to go with a feel-good hometown boy, Ibushi, his first match on this tour, getting the win with his buddy Tanahashi. And it was okay, but I just, I don't know. Maybe what is I'd... the long-term benefit of that, though? You had people go home with a smile on their face for 10 seconds? As opposed to, we've just made a dominant tag team, stars, get a, a massive win over two stars. Like, the long-term positives of having Hanare and Cobb destroy Tanahashi and Abushi 
and you already have this kind of, you know, you can do the little playback thing where Bushi and Tanahashi, you know, always had their troubles. You know, they're you know they you know all that nonsense that was earlier. Um, look, you could have again the long term. What it is? It, it's pro wrestling one one to me. I don't I don't understand why you what what would be like the idea of just having them lose. In 17 minutes, as opposed to going in and being dominant and getting a big win quickly, I don't know. Like I like now, what you got is a pin eater in a faction. That's what. Instead of establishing the fact that you have a dominant fucking tag team that people will care about, what you've established is is oh, this guy's the fucking pin eater in this team. What good. What that's what you that's that's not what you want to do. I right? Am I am I am I on my fucking mind on this one? Help me here. You've you've established the fact that this guy we can't take seriously. We've established that this tag team is eh, okay. I don't get that. I don't fucking get that at all. That of anything the weekend that I'm fucking finger wagon besides that horse shit fucking bladder match and that nonsense pull the mask on people bullshit uh with fucking evil that was right up there with what the fuck is this company thinking they have a golden opportunity and they just go with the easy peasy fucking ugh, whatever that 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 one sucked. That sucked. And I'm not a guy that's going to get too fucking wound up over a finish. Like, but it just didn't make any sense to me. Why? Like, there was no positive in having Tanahashi and Nabushi get that win. Aside from, yay! Okay, let's go home. That's it. Yeah, can't can't really disagree with any of that. So disappointment there. Missed opportunity. Uh, let's circle back then to night one of wrestling Satsuma no Kuni. And the main event there was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. showing Yo successfully defending against Kanemaru and Desperado. Oh, look, it's 27 minutes again uh, after the strong X. I mean, David, this is the best match that I have nothing to say about. Anything, all the good stuff, all the praise I've had for Rapongi 3K against Kanemaru and Desperado, I've done probably about eight or nine times already in the, the lifespan of this podcast. I mean, it was a good match. Kanemaru was particularly great, but 27 minutes long didn't need to be that long. And Rapongi 3K are champions, still champions. It's just it's it's creatively bankrupt to me. And uh, again, I I'm trying not to judge New Japan against my fantasy booking scenarios, which we both kind of knew that was not going to happen. What what we wanted to happen with one of these guys turning on the other one, or at least not yet. And I'll come away from this match, which was a good match, with a bad taste in my mouth, both because the thing that in fantasy land I wanted to happen didn't happen, and also because this also went 27 fucking minutes. It's, I mean, it was a, it was a good match, but there, there was nothing to, like, there's nothing memorable. There's no, it was a match. They had, they had a 27 minute 
good, solid pro wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, I watched it live, and then I rewatched it again today because I thought I've got to have something to say about this. Rewatched it again, still nothing. <laughs> I've got yeah. nothing to say about it. Right. Uh, what I mean, what 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 is what is there to say? You they've wrestled seven hundred and sixteen times. Um, always have a good match. They they put them in the main event. They they that that box had to be filled. They went close to 30 minutes and they had a good match and that was it no 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 nothing like just that's it turn on the lights <laughs> let we're going time to you know like imagine buying a ticket to that Whew. Like, i don't know like what how, like how do you I'm not saying everything has to be hot-shotted. I'm not saying everything, there has to be an angle, and there has to be... But this is... It's, this was just there. It was just there. And... I don't know. <laughs> like, like it just felt like... And here's the thing, too. This show, it felt like... This was a show because they had to put on a show. It didn't feel like it was anything... Like, was there anything that you would say... Damon, go out of your way to watch X on this show. Like, what would that be for you? No, not at all. No. I mean, and, and this is the thing, right? The matches like this, Rapongi 3K versus Kanemaru Desperado, should be the 12-minute opener on a big show, not a 27-minute main event. And this is the problem when there's all these shows, all these content, you've got to balance the books, you're spreading them all out thinly, they're all going long that you lose that that sort of rhythm and, and the excitement of having a, a top to bottom stack show where you know you should have this match doing 12 minutes uh, or, or a never title match doing 15 minutes but you're taking each one of those matches and making it a main event of itself and they just they just all become a big mush don't they yeah yeah certainly nothing stands out um and certainly nothing feels like it's uh, uh, anything that any anybody needs to go out of their way to watch. Um, it felt like they they it felt like they had a building. They have wrestlers. We need to put on a show, and we need to get in and we need to get out. Nobody gets hurt. Let's just get to let's, let's just get to Dontaku. And it's, that's really honestly that's what it felt like to me. It was like let's just get to Dontaku. And the fifth match on this show was KOPW twenty twenty one. Creation of Darkness blindfold match. Toriano defeating Evil in... I didn't believe this when I saw it was 14 minutes, 58 seconds. It felt at least twice as long as that. Um, Schoolboy, Yano retains KOPW 2021. I'm quite excited, actually, to see what, <laughs> what you, you have to say about this match because I'm hoping you just drop your pants and take a big, hot, steaming shit over it because it was it was offensively bad, Damon. This is like one of the worst matches I've ever seen since being a New Japan fan? Uh, look, um, I'm being very serious when I say this. This is the shit that turns people completely off. Uh, it's um, Monday, Monday Night Raw shit, isn't it? It's worse. It's worse. It's just mind-numbingly... Like, like, like you're, 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 you're pushing... People to the to the brink of logging off. You're pushing people to the brink of of saying this this is not for me. 
This is not for me. Um, evil, I'm telling you flat out, I cannot watch. When we talk about content that you know, skip, evil is front and center on that fucking list. He I'll tell you is, what, he, he is the heel Yano at this point, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Dick Togo can get right up the fucking street. Um, can If I were to tell you that last year, this man... No, you're, you're going to be giving me this shit, all these people on Twitter saying, oh, he was double champion <laughs> last that... year. I don't believe it. Someone, you're having me on. This is some sort of conspiracy. I, I have no recollection of this man being double champion. Like, evil. <laughs> this guy who's yucking up with Yano and Dick Togo in, in gimmick matches. You're telling me he was world champion. He was holding one of the most prestigious titles in professional wrestling. Bullshit. Yeah. I'm here to tell you it's true. It happened. Can we go back and delete all those old episodes where I was defending him? Because I'm eating a fucking huge L here. I thought it would would come good eventually once he found his feet. But it somehow managed to get worse. Yeah. How's that happened? Yeah. Yeah. We were all like, man, evil just needs a new coat of paint. Something fresh. You know, give give him a little spark. And then, boom, the turn. the, The new gear. Uh, Bullet Club, boom, he goes away, wins the title. It shook everything up. Everybody's, you know, it rattled everyone when we definitely needed to be rattled because we were in the in the middle of fucking everyone not knowing what the world was going to look like. It was just a crazy time. This guy <laughs> has fallen off a cliff. Undercard just... comedy jobber. Oh. Not only that, he's Jimmy Valiant. He's fucking Jimmy Valiant and Baron Von Raschke. He's the honky-tonk man right now. He's the fucking honky-tonk man. He's Bone Soldier. Yeah, he's Bone Soldier. Yes. Yes. I. He is unwatchable. Who... Does, do you think he stays up late at night and looks at the fucking ceiling and think, what, what's happening? Like, he that, that's, that's the question. Like, whose fault is this? Is who's it his fault, fault or is it the fault of Dick Togo or whoever the fuck is booking him into oblivion? I'm, I'm saying flat out. It's these kind of things. Now, again, if, if this Will Ospreay-Shingo match did not happen, and, and, and I will say this as well. Like, that's not the booking. The booking didn't say, go out there and have a fucking fantastic match. Right? Like, they had a fantastic match. They went out there and did that. That's not Ghetto. That's not the fucking committee. That's not Dick Togo. That's not fucking whoever. Right? They went out there and had a great match. The booking made evil. The booking makes Dick Togo. The booking makes 30-minute junior tag matches. The booking makes 30-minute never title matches. The big problem here, like we talked a lot about the positive, and it's really centered around a match. But you look at this entire company, and it is just fucking head-scratching. 
what we're doing here. Head scratching. Not even head scratching. People are jumping off the goddamn ship. And I'm going to say something here. How much rope are we given, Ghetto? When is enough enough? It's been over a year. Again, he's built a lot of good faith in, a, in, in that heavyweight title situation, right? But every booker has a shelf life. And there's only so many creative ideas that work that, you know, that a committee or a, you know, a booker has. And I'm going to ask, and I'll ask of the listeners, how much rope are we given here? Is it time for a change? Do we need a new manager? Do we need a new coach? It's been a long time. And it doesn't feel like we're getting any better. Now, again, COVID, travel restrictions, all the trouble. This management group, and specifically the people who are making the pro wrestling decisions, something is lost. And I feel like I'm at the the end of my rope. And I would not have a problem if a new, fresh voice and a new, fresh uh, decision maker and a new, fresh leader was brought in. How's that? It should be you, Damon. You're getting my vote. Give wow. Damon the book. Hashtag give Damon the book. Give me the book. We'd be out of business in fucking two months. <laughs> Jushin Liger is the IWG. <laughs> He's back from retirement. What? Uh, I mean, it's a, it, here's we've the thing. got it's another a uh, ladder match with a <laughs> Manscaped 3.0 <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the return of Madonna and Casey. Um, look, it's a, it's a very tough job. And again, he had a fantastic run. It's been over a year. This is not like it's been a, a, a couple months. And again. COVID, I get that. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not comfortable or confident in saying that I'm. I'm clear on the direction. Like, honestly, what is the thing that people are hanging their hats on? An AEW reunion, and and some kind of partnership. That's what people are hanging their hopes on. Not anything within the company. They're hanging their hopes on Kenny Omega coming and jump-starting this promotion again. I said that, Dan. I said on Twitter that I think now uh, New Japan have put themselves into a, a situation where, in terms of their Western fandom is concerned, they need that... No! Don't open it! The forbidden door. Because it seems that Western fan interest is in this shitter right now. And it's because of crap like this with Yano and Evil having a 15-minute blindfold match. Who is that for? I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's certainly not for us. Now, again, you could be like, well, the Japanese fans love it. Do they? <laughs> Do they? Were they going nutso over this? Well, I mean, no, we can't uh, speak for the Japanese fans. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, we, we know a handful, not as many as we would like. But, I mean, in terms of the Western fan base... 
interest is at an all-time low, isn't it? I mean, I, I tell you what, Dave, um, keep, keeping that question in mind about Western fan interest in the product, and a question from CountOutPod, he says, seeing that nowadays feels like a transition, what was the transition years like in New Japan following Enochism in 2006 and seven, then subsequently the introduction of Okada in 2012? Does it feel similar to today? So, yeah, what, what's your feeling on this lull at, at the moment and how does it compare historically to other periods you've been through as a fan? From a Western perspective, it was, it, it kind of felt like pro wrestling was back. Like, I was not a huge fan of the MMA-inspired pro wrestling. You know, I it, that, that really didn't do anything for me. Um, so for me, it was, it, 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 it was a, a bit of a, exciting period actually I, f- I felt like it was more pro wrestling that I wanted to see as opposed to pseudo MMA and then again I don't wouldn't even call it strong style um it it just felt like it was pro wrestling again like to me the idea of like Josh Barnett and you know I was just like oh. and that's not not a knock on Josh Barnett it was just like this is just not what I'm here for um, so is it similar? No, it's actually, it's actually feels different. It feels, this feels more of we're lost and we're spinning as opposed to there's light at the end of the tunnel, um, to get away from that MMA fixation that, and here's the thing. I can understand why the company did it just because MMA was on fire. Like MMA was just, you know, between pride and, even UFC to a certain degree and, um, you know, all the offshoot pseudo MMA pro wrestling. I mean, even when it started with UWF and UWFI and rings and, you know, it, there, there's a long history of that and that made a lot of money in Japan. So, you know, everybody kind of wanted to hook their wagon to it. So, uh, no, it was, it was a, it felt, if, it felt like it was more refreshing than the changes as opposed to now where, again, it just feels like we're on a, a rudderless ship. And seeing uh, John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata for the IWGP US title announced for Dynamite. We've got a few few questions about that. But before we get into the questions for that, I mean, how much do you think New Japan needs AEW to kickstart Western fan interest, or do you think they can do it on their own terms? I don't think they can do it on their own terms. If they do do it, they're running like small buildings. You know, it's not like they were running massive buildings before, but I, I, it would be, I think it would be a grave mistake for them to think that they can come into any building and sell it out. I mean, smaller buildings, okay, yeah, um, but they're not running. They're not running arenas. No, by no, even at their height, they couldn't do that. You know, we saw that with Dallas. Um, yeah, I mean, if they want to, if they want to run bigger buildings, they're going to have to. I mean, they can run even when they ran the small buildings. Though it wasn't like it was, they were packed. But I don't know, were they sold out? I'm not sure. Um, it's going to be tough. They, 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 they would need some help. They would need some help. And what would they bring? I mean, like, what would be the like if they? It would just be the. I don't know. They would need help. They would need help. 
Spannerhead says, is Okada versus Shingo the only viable headline match for Dominion that makes sense? So this is assuming that Okada beats Osprey at Wrestle Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome and then goes on to defend it against Shingo at Dominion. Spannerhead says, I feel that's the only match they could do that doesn't require the build since you can immediately play off the New Japan Cup match. Reason I ask is Dominion is exactly one week after the Tokyo Dome and there's only three row two shows in between. Wow. One week, really? I'll tell you the truth. I don't want Okada to win. I think there's more juice in stretching this out a little bit. I really do. I would I would prefer Will winning. Um and maybe have Okada win at the dome in January. What's your thoughts? Yeah, the idea of Okada winning the title back doesn't excite me. Um, I am enjoying, I mean, from an in-ring standpoint at least, Osprey as champion. I know <laughs> I might be on an island with that. I mean, there's plenty of people who hate having him as champion, you know, for whatever reason, fair enough. But I'm not one of these people that's sort of looking ahead thinking, oh, when's he going to lose it? Who's going to be the next person to take it off him? But, I mean, if you put that gun to my head, again, this is going to be spicy. I think the person who takes the belt off him should be Kenny Omega. That would... Look, that would... Oh, my God. I'm just thinking of where this company would be if Kenny Omega won that title. <laughs> like, oh, we are we ready for that? Um, look, it makes sense from a, that TV, that TV show would be must watch. I mean, look, like, it's never going to happen. Like politically, no. it's completely impossible. But I think it would be very fun and exciting uh, for the meltdowns from the fandom. Yes. But, you Absolutely. know, it would, it would make sense. Have a big cross-promotional uh, show when things are opening up towards the end of the year. You know, champion versus champion. Whose brand is stronger? Let them do a crazy main event. Kenny wins the belt, takes it back to Dynamite. New Japan fans are going mental. What? I can't believe this guy's got the title. What's going on? And then the hunt begins. You know, which which of the New Japan guys is going to be the one to win back the pride for New Japan? Is right, it going to be right. is it going to be Jay White uh, getting atonement and completing his babyface turn? Is it going to be Ibushi continuing his feud with Kenny and managing to uh, you know make amends for fucking about with the title at the start of this year? Is it going to be Naito? Is it going to be Okada revisiting their incredible feud that they had? Is it going to be someone else? So I think there'd be a lot of interesting things you could do there. But there's about like a, a 0.5% chance of that actually happening. Yeah. Pretty amazing that that would be the most entertaining and, and exciting <laughs> scenario. Uh, work on making your own guy stars, why don't we? Um, yeah, it's going to be, it would be tough sledding for them to, to make any kind of headway here in the States again. That's for sure. No TV. How's that Roku shit going down? How's that working? Uh, it, it's very, you know, they're putting on old matches. You know, I, I think the most recent one I saw this week, they're putting on like 
Okada against Hiromi from last year's empty arena New Japan Cup. You know, I don't think it's going to get uh, set set the Western fandom on fire. To be honest, tough. I mean, tough, tough, tough world we live in right now, Joel. It's a tough world we live in. All right, well, let's uh, briefly touch on Strong, which was an LA Dojo showcase. We had uh, TJP beating the DKC in 7 minutes, 39 seconds. We had Fred Rosser and Renderita beating Kevin Knight and Alex Coughlin in 12 minutes, 36. And main event with Carl Fredericks defeating Clark Connors in 80 minutes, 19 seconds. Don't have a great deal to say about this show. It was good. It's always good. Strong is always good. But, you know, we know that this is a, an excellent crop of young lions that Shibata is helping to develop. And just more of the same here. There are some highlights. I thought the exchanges between Fred Rosser and Kevin Knight were, were particularly uh, exciting in that tag match in the middle of the show. And, and seeing Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors go 18 minutes in the main event, again, that, that was really good stuff. You know, these are guys that have got a history and they really started laying into each other by the end. You could tell that there was a, a lot of pride at stake for the pair of them, you know, wanting to be the, the standout, the, the top boy of that dojo class so it's just you know good solid wrestling every week and good to shine a light on those talents um and i still think that clark connors is the guy with the highest ceiling i think he's the most technically accomplished and the most exciting person that, that they got in that dojo but the floor is really high as it is i don't think they got a bad guy in that group so you know, if you want to touch base and see what guys like Renarito are up to these days and, and have a look at the, the new young lines like Kevin Knight and the DKC, this is definitely a, a good show to be parachuting into. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Anybody from Strong in G1? I would love to see uh, oh, so a, a lot of guys I would like to see. Lawler. Lawler. Dickinson. Those are the two that are jumping out so far. Yeah. Um, what do you think the chances are? Low. I, I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. I don't. I don't think things will be. Uh, That'd be fucking cool. Technically though. viable. It, it would. It would be great, wouldn't it? I gotta find some way to make that happen. I don't know if he can do that with a schedule. I don't know if you know quarantining is in his future, but. That title should mean you get in G1, right? When that, like, that title should mean you get in G1 automatically. Ticket is punched. Mm-hmm. And that would be fucking, that would be pretty great. I'd be into that. Here's the problem. There's, what are we going to have? 46 fucking people in G1? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be, like, the idea of having everybody that we would want to see in G1 is probably. G1 would last until Christmas. So there's going to be a lot of great people. There's going to be a, there's going to be, I'm going to say a lot, but there's going to be a few people that are going to be snubbed and people are going to be disappointed. I think, I think so. And can we br- briefly touch base on this Moxley against Nagata match on Dynamite? Uh, Mixelclick says, you're going to watch the Blue Justice match on Dynamite. I bet the old line gets a hero's welcome from the Jacksonville crowd and gig me like a butcher who has provided us a, a brilliant edit of the uh, Forbidden Door Stinger, says, what do you think is going to happen in the Nagata versus Moxley match? Do you feel this will lead to another New Japan wrestler stepping up to challenge Mox? And Louis says, chances of Nagata winning the title. If he does, won't it be smart to let him stay over there for a time to defend it there rather than in Japan? Then someone from Strong wins it from him. So 
I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any chance of Nagata beating him. I think the US title at this point is just, it's the Moxley title. It's the, you know, we like Mox and we, we want to keep him involved in New Japan title at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's would make the most sense, wouldn't it? He's, he's one of the bigger names in all of US pro wrestling right now. Um, and any association with him is only a positive. Um, yeah, and the fact that they're able to defend that title on you know a show that people watch, uh, it's positive. Yeah, so I like the fact that he's on. I will be watching. I'll watch it. Um, and yeah, I think, look, it's the first time he's been on TNT it's since the 90s. <laughs> I, somebody, I saw somebody say that uh, back in his days at, in WCW. So, yeah, it should be fun. That whole sh- actually, that whole show looks pretty interesting. They got the war games and everything, right? That's going to be on that show. It's, it's tonight, right? Isn't it tonight? I don't know, Damon. <laughs> I was the wrong person. Yeah, noted AEW so. super fan here, but uh... oh, you're not. No, uh, I think I'm, I think that show is going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be pretty good. So I will tune in for that. Sure. Why not? Unless, uh, you know what? I'll have two TVs. I'll have the split screen. I have a way to split screen my TV. So I will, uh, I'll have the hockey game on. I'll have the Capitals and the Rangers and uh, for the fisticuffs there. And I'll have uh, Dino Amite on as well. That might be the way to go. All right, well, we'll leave it there. I'll save the questions to next week because I think next week there will be a bit less to talk about. Um, so if, let's say thank you to our sponsors, Manscaped, who you can use our code JCAST to get 20% off and free shipping. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast if you want to throw some money our way. Always appreciated. Discord link is in the show notes. At Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get one of our t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Give us a five-snake review and some kind words on iTunes to help us move up those charts. And I'll read them out on the show as well. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.